And we are off live. We are off. No, we're on. We're live. <laughs> Tuesday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Stefan Maya with you. The Early Bird Podcast Sessions from the EditSouls.com studio and website. Here's where we're at. Piano Man. Mr. Piano Man from Billy Joel. Very uh, famous song. It's been played over and over again from every direction. And uh, we want to talk about that. That's what we want to do. That's what we're going to be doing. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff so that these social media platforms will um, generate interest in those who are like you and I who want to, uh, you know, talk about stuff. And we have an itinerary, obviously. We go live from Monday to Friday. On Mondays, I share my sermon I preached on Sunday. On Tuesdays, we do this. We analyze the lyric. We examine a song from the secular world and its various artists and have a discussion on that. On Wednesdays, we have ourselves a Bible study. We're currently going through the book of Genesis. On Thursdays, we have a topical trip, discussions on specific topics. And on Friday, we talk about sociopolitical affairs, interaction with political affairs and current events. If you like that, by all means, please subscribe to the channel, Added Souls. Consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. It is our freedom platform where you can have the opportunity to post and interact and become a content creator on that platform. If you choose to support, uh, that is uh, warmly welcomed. That's how we kind of make a living. If you will, feed the family, feed the kids, all that kind of good stuff. You can choose to support for as little as you want to as much as you want. It all goes towards the gospel progress through the Added Souls ministry and the Maya family and all that good stuff uh, moving forward. You'll have updates, reports. We can schedule phone calls, video chat, email interactions, whatever you need. It's all there for you. You also have the PayPal option, addedsouls at gmail.com. And you can email me if you seek to have an address to mail me something. That all right? That good? Mr. Piano Man, analyzing the lyric, here we are Tuesday, 8 a.m. So we're going to get to it, and uh, we'll open up the lyrics, of course, as we've done before, uh, or been doing on these uh, on these days, and we'll kind of look at that. Just to begin with, of course, this song is a true story of Billy Joel's experience in his life at a local, uh, I think it was like the executive bar or something like that, where an individual's in New York, and he is <clears throat> uh, from New York. I think in the Bronx and Staten Island, somewhere along those lines, and grew up there. And you know, you got to be kind of tough to 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 uh, grow up in uh, in those locations of New York. And uh, he had a very good talent sharing the lyric of the atmosphere and what he was going through, or what he would see, what he would experience in New York. And when I listen to his music, you know, I, you feel New you feel New York, you know. <laughs> It's kind of one of those things. Uh, just he captures the magic and the charm of uh, or the ambiance of the New York lifestyle and culture in his day. And while he was making music, you know, uh, early 70s and going on into the 80s, 90s and still today. So uh, Mr. Piano Man, of course, was one that holds dear to our lifestyle from my past life and my friends. So we used to sing that all the time while we were at the bar or driving around in those old dirt roads, anything and everything, familiar places, familiar faces, and that song would play. It still comes on. I still have it in a great many of my mixes that I have in the van, the family vehicle, and, you know, we kind of know the lyrics 
by heart, if you will. It's a good song. It's a well-written song. And he's, of course, received numerous awards and uh, trophies and nominations and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, he's a good songwriter. He's an American songwriter. And uh, his songs are certainly in there, inducted in the Hall of Fame and all that kind of good stuff. The world, of course, uh, offers. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong in being a good songwriter. There's no sin to being a musician. Uh, but you and I know that once you enter the realm of the music industry, uh, whew, I don't know of many, if any, strong Christians in the fold of the music industry. It's kind of the same as sports or uh, movies, you know, that kind of entertainment. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean you can't. It just, I think the uh, it's a very challenging thing to be faithful to Christ while in the entertainment industry. But anyways, so uh, Billy Joel, I think he's an atheist, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure I'd have to check up on his religious beliefs. Anyways, it has no bearing on what he wrote in Piano Man. In Piano Man, he's, you know, looking at the experience of it all in his youth, in his early 70s, maybe late 60s, and um, sitting down there at the bar and seeing what it looks like. Uh, you know, I did the bar scene for a good 20 years, if not more. When I started, when I think when I got to 18 years old, I started going at the bar um, and see what it looked like. You know, the bar stool, the bar location, the pool tables, the, the uh, gambling machines, um, your power drinkers, you know, uh, those old school cats that are there, you know. They've become bar stool material. You know, they've been there for 30, 40 years drinking and saying the same story. You see the bartenders, you see how they maneuver the waitresses, everything. It's just the ambiance. And back then you had the smoke involved. You could smoke cigarettes in there, so you had all of that going. The lights are dimmed. The music uh, that it's playing is of the nature of a bar scene. You know, uh, It could be a honky-tonk kind of a scene or whatever, but um, yeah, that's what goes on. You can get some food during the day, and then at night at a certain time, the band comes out, the music comes out. And I was in a band for 10 years, and we had a, ourselves a, a, a local bar we played at, and we packed the house, and the manager loved the, the liquor sales when we played. And, uh, you know, I'm just sa I'm saying this because I, I know the scene. I've experienced it. I've lived it. I know the scene. You have those individuals who are there to have a good time, pick up some girls, dance, not cause any problems. You have those who uh, just want to have a few drinks and get into fights and break out fights in the bar. And you have guys cheating on their girlfriends and girlfriends cheating on their boyfriends. And you go to the bathroom and you see a whole bunch of people doing drugs and <laughs> all of that scene, right? Sinful scene. Something uh, some of us Gentiles who are now converted to Christianity can look back and say, man, I'm so happy God's grace has allowed me to survive, you know, that uh, I made it out. And it's not because he favored us in any way. We are all equal uh, before him. But uh, as the subjection to this natural realm would have it, we, we survived. We made it. And God's providence certainly plays part. And Satan has some providence involved as well. He puts things together for his agenda. He'll bring the perfect storm to create chaos. You know, he'll do that. So, uh, Mr. Billy Joel uh, has a great many wonderful songs, in my opinion. I do have his greatest hits. I have, I've been listening to him for a long time now. And, uh, you know, because a lot of the experience in his lyrics I can relate to and understand and see. 
and this song here, Mr. Piano Man, he's going to speak about some of his experiences. The things he saw at the bar. As a musician, a piano player, right? I was a drummer. I play guitar. I play drums. And I can sing a little bit. I mean, I'm not superstar material or anything, but I can, you know, do okay when I need to. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we did the bar scene. We played the bar scene. I know what it looks like, what it smells like, you know, uh, the energy or lack thereof, the bittersweetness of it all, the the momentary lapse of reason, the drunkenness, the drug addiction, the fornication, everything that's around there masquerading as fun and all that kind of stuff, pleasurable stuff for the flesh, everything. I mean, I just, I know how to describe it. I've lived it. And uh, so did Billy Joel, obviously, because he can see what's taking place. And these characters in his song are true characters. They're real people. And um, he just basically looked at real life that he was living and wrote a song. And it was not a hit. Uh, it wasn't selling any records. It was kind of like a B-side track. But lo and behold, word of mouth. And back then, you know, you didn't have the internets where everything is now on YouTube or Spotify or Instagram or whatever, face crooks. <clears throat> everything uh, was different. It was word of mouth and you had to do the legwork. And so people are just like, you need to go hear this piano player at the bar down, down, uh, down there in New York somewhere. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, this dude can play. He can sing and he can write songs, man. You should, you know, and, and after a while, people are like, what's this Piano Man song I keep hearing about? And there it is. It took traction, and once it took traction, I mean, dude, it's one of his biggest hits. Sold millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of copies. <clears throat> Made him an international star. Celebrity. Songwriter. And known for it as well. And I, I much more respect... Uh, these individuals who are talented in such a way to write their own music. I don't mind ghostwriters and individuals that are just put on front there, but it's not authentic to me. It's like you're singing and you're and all this. And, and that happens a lot, obviously. And a lot of songwriters would swap songs. I mean, Gordon Lightfoot, Bob Dylan, uh, a lot of these would be like, hey, man, take this song. No, I'll take this one. Johnny Cash. I, like, I could go on and on. So the, the, that's not the problem. When you're a songwriter... Or a good musician. I mean, you swap some some ideas and some lyrics with with friends in that industry. But uh, I'm talking about the bubblegum pop kind of individual who's just snatched from the street and said, "Hey, you want to be a big star? Yeah, okay, we'll tell you what to do. Okay, do I have any originality to my name? Not whatsoever, none. You'll just do what we tell you to do, and you'll make us. We'll give you some money, and you'll be fine." And, uh, you know, that kind of music, uh, to me, it's just trash. But not when it comes to Piano Man. It's an iconic, very memorable, has a lot of nostalgia to it, and the essence of New York and the bar life in that era. And we're going to look at that. We're just going to go through it. Okay, let me put it up on the screen here. Boom. There we go. Of course, I've listened to it so much I can hear it in my mind. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, that's that's about when we started to to see the folks roll in. We'd be there in the afternoon. We'd set up the, the instruments, set up the band. And we had, man, let me tell you something. We were 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 
four or five. We were a five-man band on a small little stage, and we had the instruments, man. We had a lot of money invested into our instruments, and we rocked the house. I mean, I'll tell you, there were times you, you could barely come in. It was packed. Everything, dance floor, bar, you name it, lineups for, for, for liquor. It was just packed house, filled with smoke. We had to open the doors. It was getting too warm in there. Uh, you know, cheering, rocking, dancing. Uh, we lived that kind of lifestyle for a long time, and it was pleasurable. It really was. It was fun. It was uh, an exciting time, a very passionate time. And uh, we knew that around 9 o'clock, folks is rolling in. The regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. You see, you're waiting there before you go on to play the music. What are you doing? Well, you're at the bar, drinking a few drinks, getting soft, allowing your mind to get easy, your mind to get easy so you can you won't have the, the anxiety or the nervous jitters, if you will, before you go perform, before you go play. And uh, you see this scene, and that's exactly what Billy Joel would see when he walked in. Now, his um, his bar scene, though similar in a lot of elements, mind you, uh, was a bit different in context from ours. Ours was, you know, uh, oh, I guess a bit more aggressive in that way, but uh, a bit more loud and party in nature uh, than uh, Mr. Piano Man. Mr. Piano Man, but still, the the same elements were there. So it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. That would be the typical time, of course. The regular crowd shuffles in. You have your regulars. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. Again, he's like the novelty there at the bar. He's always been there. He's been there for 40 years. I've seen, I, I like I still envision these same characters being there. And we'd, they'd be like, they'd tell us, you know, you know, barstool wisdom, you know. If you stay here, you're going to be me. And we'd be like, yeah, right, old man. We're young. We're dumb. We like to have fun. You're old. You don't know nothing. He's like, you'll see. You'll be 60 years old, 70 years old, and you'll be sitting over here drinking a a uh, a beer with Clamato juice and talking to the young waitresses there and remembering the days of past. And nothing will have happened in your life. You've had gone through several divorces, estranged children, you know, broken families. But here I am because, well, I love the scene. And I'll tell you something. Uh, whew, man, did I ever, it's, it's hard to let that scene go. There's something about it. There's a charm. There's a, uh, a sensation to it. There's, um, there's a luring atmosphere to a bar scene. Um, it's designed that way. I mean, Satan knew that obviously. I mean, again, sin is pleasurable and the look in the, in the facilities that facilitate sinful activity are going to make it in such a way that you are lured to it, that you are addicted to it, that you something ingrained in you is just galvanized, that, 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 that emotion, that smell, that, those faces, that familiar atmosphere uh, and landscape and everything. It's just, you know, I miss it. I have to fight against it every day. Why? Because I've lived it. I've been there for decades. So it, 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 it plucks at your heartstrings. It really does. That, that, that kind of element. And uh, it's existing. So these individuals, some of them, they stay trapped. They never get out of that scene. They stay there. And they die there. Till one day we're like, hey man, where's Joe? Joe passed. He passed. No way. He was here every day for like 30 years. Drinking the same drink. Talking about the same things. That's, 
That's what it is, man, the bar scene. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. The regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. And that's, that's, that's true. That's a true thing. That's a true thing. He says, the lyric continues here, Son, can you play me a memory? I mean, look at the poetry in the pen that Billy has. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's just really, I don't know, how do you write that? Well, like he did, the experience of life. That's how I would write a lot of uh, um, well-known songs in the French language. It was just like, I'm writing about life. It just writes very well. Hey, he says, this this old man making love to his tonic and gin. He's in love with the liquor. He's in love with the bar scene. He's been there forever. Son, can you play me a memory? He's the piano man, right? Play me a memory. Take me back. And that's what snatches you into the liquor scene, into the scene of the bar. You keep reliving, you know, <laughs> talking about old nine stories, you know? It's just there. And uh, you... you I don't know how to explain it. It just stays in your mind. You want a memory. You live in the memory. You live in the past. That's what a combination of song and liquor and song can do. It'll bring you back to a time machine where you're living back the past. Talking about your regrets. Talking about your joys. Talking about things that made you happy. Things that didn't. You know, that kind of stuff. So, son, play me a memory. I'm not really sure how it goes. You know, I'm not the musician here. I just know the feeling of it. But it's sad. And it's sweet. And I knew it complete when I wore a younger man's clothes. That's a, that's a very well-written poetry for the bar scene. I mean, that really is. There's just no way around that. If, you, if, if, if you're in the know, that's a, it's well-written. It's not complicated. It's not some kind of, you know, word salad or anything. It's just very to the point and, and very poignant to it as well. Son, can you play me a memory? He wants to go back to a time when he was younger and he knows the piano man is talented to play a song that would bring him back to that old days, those old days, right? So the scene is set, the bar is open, it's Saturday, it's nine, the regular crowd's shuffling in and there's an individual there at the bar who's been there forever. And he wants to go back in his mind. He wants to have a bit of joy, but it's bitter. It's sweet, but it has some pain to it. Because it, he remembers his regrets. And it's interesting how these depressants, liquor, and the bar scene, depressants will... You find comfort in your depressants. That's why the gambler is always putting the money in. He doesn't, he is not satisfied with a win. He's put $200 in. He wins $400. He doesn't say, oh, I've won. Time to call it quits. No, he's going to put that $400 in. Uh, when I was in, living in my past life and making a whole bunch of money as uh, head of organized crime in my district, and you know, you're making thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars every day, uh, you got to find a way to, you know, have fun with it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'd gamble, you know, five grand a day. It was, it was not a thing. Five grand here, six grand there. It's just a thing. You'd win. Sometimes you put a grand in the machines. And when you put a lot of money like that, you get to know the machines. You get to know the real. So you put a, you can put $500, $600 in. Boom, you win 1400 
Well, you put it all back in. You get addicted to the comfort of losing more so than winning. Well, the bar scene is the same thing. You, it's a place you go where there's sin and there's chaos and there's divorce and there's all kinds of bad stuff happening, but you get addicted to that and you want a memory to it because there's a song with it. And so this individual here, he's just, he wants that memory. It's sad, but it's sweet. There's some good moments in there, right? And I knew it completely. There was a time when my memory, myself, I could remember all of this taking place, but it's been a while when I used to wear a younger man's clothes. So the scene is set, the bar is open, the music's about to play. He's having a conversation with uh, the, uh, the usuals that are in the bar, and this here is, a, is one of those gentlemen. And then, of course, the chorus, sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got us feeling all right. There's nothing like, well, what was it that uh, Solomon said? Was it wine, music, and women? Something along those lines. It, there's a charm to it. It'll stay in your mind. It doesn't go away. I mean, it's just what it is. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Well, we're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got us feeling all right. Yeah, yeah, it's about the feeling, it's about the emotion, it's about the experience, the, the, the moment. We die tomorrow, today we party, we live for this kind of uh, endeavor. Now, here's another character. Now, John at the bar is a friend of mine. Whose friend? Well, Billy's friend, of course. Billy's writing the song about his real-life experience at this bar, and John's one of them. Now, he's a friend of his, and he gets me my drinks for free. Well, yeah, he's the musician. We did that as well. We had free beer. Now we drank a lot more than we should have, so there was a cutoff line there. <laughs> but let me tell you something. It was just part of the um, hospitality. The manager's making a lot, of a lot of liquor sales. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. And so, yeah, hey, buddy, we want free beer. Yeah, sure, okay, fine. So no matter, uh, so now John at the bar is a friend of mine. He gets me my drinks for free. And he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke. But there's some place that he'd rather be. He's good at what he does. He's playing the role. He's a friend. You know, he'll get you your drink. He gets his, his Billy gets his drink for free. He's the, he's the musician there. He's, he's the entertainment. He'll light up your smoke. When you put a cigarette to your mouth, he'll be there to light it up, light, light it up. Um, but there's somewheres he'd rather be. He's not thinking, this is my career, this is my life, I'm going to be a bartender uh, till I die. You know, the scene, the smell, the people. Some good, some bad, I'll tell you. I've bartended. I've, uh, I would manage a bar uh, and uh, bring in uh, all kinds of sales. And I know what it is dealing with, with individuals. Man, I have stories. Let me tell you something. I could write a book. I have stories. I have stories. I don't even, I probably should not even share them, but I have stories. <laughs> stories that sometimes involve police officers, sometimes they involve the ambulance. I have stories. When you've worked at a bar, you've managed various things at a bar, you've served liquor to people, you've been in the entertainment industry, you've been part of the entertainment and everything. Let me tell you something. I got stories. I got stories. So John at the bar is a friend of mine. Billy's friend. He gets me my drinks for free, and he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke, but there's some place that he'd rather be. Yeah, he, I mean, this is not my career. This is not my life. I'm not going to stay here forever serving drinks to some people that are okay, but sometimes they're belligerent, they're rude, they're drunk. You know, uh, 
let me tell you something. Bartenders go through a lot, man. I wouldn't mess around with none of that. I mean, no way. They started to get irate. They started to, to do all that kind of stuff. No, security. <laughs> Let's get security in here right now. Uh, but anyways, so he says, Bill, this is what this is what John is saying. John, the bartender, who's like, I don't want to make this my career. I'm good at what I do, but I want to, you know, there's something else. He says, Bill, I believe this is killing me. <laughs> Serving drinks every night, lighting people's smokes, hearing the good and the bad, seeing the good and the bad, experiencing the good and the bad, the same scene, the same smell, the ambiance of it all. And I know what that is. I've slept at the bar. Okay, we've slept at the bar. We've lived at the bar. Um, you know, it just wasn't for it just wasn't for John. John was like, I, you know, I can't do this. As a smile ran away from his face. He's serious. Like he's looking, he's having an inward moment here. He's like, dude, is this the end of it? Like I remember having that look at the factory. You know, I'm like, is this it? Is this my life? Walking in with the hard hat, the earplugs. The steel toe boots, the smell, the eye, go- you know, the eye goggles, the mask, and everything. Is this is this what my life? The smell, the people. No, I can't. I mean, a few years of this fine, but I got to move on. I'm a rambling man. I got to move on to the next thing, right? Well, Bill, he's hearing John pretty much like I can't stay here, man. I'm sure that I could be a movie star. John has a lot of ambition. He's like, I could be a movie. I know I have that talent. If I could just get out of this place, man. I know what it is. I was born and raised in a little old place in little old nowheres that no one knows swept under the rug. You know, population. Well, it wasn't the smallest of places, but it's still very small. And uh, I know what it is. Like, man, am I going to live and die? For a while, it was like, yeah, this is my place. This is my culture. This is my people. I'm going to live and die here and just be what I am. I was born that way. This is the cards that were given to me, and that's the end of it. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very pleased that God had other plans for me, and I was willing to be receptive uh, in repentance and uh, go the path that God had chosen instead of my own. Bill, he's hearing John say this. I mean, John's like, listen, I know I can do something better with my life. I know I can become something big and something grand and something... That people will remember me, man. I have talent. I'm not just a bartender. I can be a movie star. Oh, yes, I remember those ambitions myself when I was young. And I had those talents. I tell you something. I had those talents. I lack in a great many. And I'm not afraid to say so. But there were some things I was very good at. And uh, I had uh, adults in the industry who reached out to me and who really, really wanted to manage me and bring me to big places, music, movies, all that kind of stuff. But I got involved with a lot of what was happening in my street, my family, my people, drugs, alcohol, just staying at the same place, doing the same stupid things. And uh, the wind of time came and passed. And it's a good thing, too. Matter of fact, I still remember when I chose to repent and come to God in 2011. The devil, you know, the devil, he has providence as well. Out of the blue, I get, you know, uh, contact for uh, record deals. I'm like, really? All of this is available to me, isn't it? But at that time, I was so convinced that I needed to uh, 
follow Jesus instead of the world that uh, there was pretty much nothing you could have given me. And I had already played the money game anyways as a gangster. I mean, money was there. Luxury was available to me through the money I was making and uh, uh, power and all that kind of ego and pride that the world offered me. I mean, it was available there. I think that's why I'm so sensitive with it now today. And I see it in others and brethren, this pride, this ego, and it just breaks my heart because it's easy to get captivated in that. It's easy to get swayed in that. And they do it religiously. I was doing it as a Gentile in the heathen world, but some in the church, they do it, you know, for uh, utilizing religion. And it's so sad when you wake up to it and you're like, whoa, this brother's really a problem, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so Bill, I believe this is killing me as a smile ran away from his face. Well, I'm sure that I could be a movie star if I could just get out of this place. See, that that's the insight B Billy Joel has, seeing what's going on. He can write it. He, he's seeing these people. And these people exist. They're real. They were real for uh, in his life. But let me say, I've seen these people too. When you're in the bar scene, you see these people. They just have different names. Sometimes they have the same name. Now, here's another character you'll find at the bar. Paul. Well, Paul's a real estate novelist. He's a real estate novelist who never had time for a wife. Well, no, you're not going to have time for a wife. He's a real estate novelist. And he's talking with Davy. Well, who's Davy? Well, who's still in the Navy? Military, right? And probably will be for life. Navy, military, you have all the branches of the uh, industry there. I mean, you'll find them at the bar. You'll find veterans there. You'll find uh, folks... Uh, uh, Young cats who are just getting enlisted, you'll, you'll find all of that there and you'll, you'll hear their stories. So Paul's a real estate novelist. There's another character who's never had time for a wife. He's never allowed himself to experience the love and joy and blessing of a warm, fateful marriage, children, that kind of stuff. And he's talking with Navy. Uh, with Navy, yeah, with Davy, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. Like that's his career that's what he's going to do he's his life is set for him you know he's going to follow that tradition and the waitress which is interesting because the waitress actually married billy joel billy joel married the waitress he knows her it was it was once upon a time his wife uh she's practicing politics so he knows her he married her of course they divorced but he knows her so he's writing about her at that time in the early early 70s i think in yeah, early 70s. And there's another individual, the businessmen, who are slowly getting stoned. You know, the businessmen, that's what they do. Have a few drinks, go to the washroom, ah, ride the white horse, go sit down and talk about how expansive their businesses are going to be and all of that. Yes, they're sharing a drink they call loneliness. I mean, that's the bar. You're alone. You really are. You think you have friends, but you don't. But yet it's better than drinking alone. You are lonely. You're a lonely individual at the bar. I've sat there a great many times alone, but I wasn't alone drinking. <laughs> so you spark up conversations. You're speaking to the waitress. You're speaking to the bartender. You're speaking to folks that come in, you know, that kind of things. And I had a reputation. I had people knew me very well. And so some would come and give their honor to me as they were meant to do because I was feared. I was known. So they come, they shake your hand and buy you a drink or give you your respect. Respect is due. But you're alone. You're really isolated. You're alone. You have no true real friends. You know everyone's in it for their own personal gain. 
and selfish ambitions. And sadly, again, it, you only if you've lived this and have the wisdom to see the grand picture as one who've, who's lived there and now who lives in the church as a Christian faithful to Christ that you see these, this same element in the church. You wouldn't think you, like, you would think no. You would think it wouldn't be in the church, but it is. It is. And uh, it's sad, but it's, it's, it's true. So they say, of course, sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. We're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got us feeling all right. It's amazing how in your discouragement, your sorrow, your pain, your uncertainty, your loneliness, depression, that you'll find moments of comfort at the bar drinking among uh, others who are dealing with the same thing. Now, the problem with sin and the problem with dealing with your pro your issues that way is that you're going to wake up in the morning and they're still going to be there and you will still not have had a healthy way to navigate through your problems. You go to the bottle, you go to the scene, the, 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 the bar scene, where you can shoot some pool, gamble, maybe pick up some girls, pick up some boys, that kind of stuff. And you have all these this element there going on. And he says, it's a pretty good crowd for a Saturday. And the manager gives me a smile. Because he knows that it's me they've been coming to see to forget about life for a while. And that is truly a... It's such a simple lyric, but it's such a real lyric. Everything here is real. It's authentic. It's genuine. It's the real deal. Um, we would pack the house. At times, you couldn't even get in there. And uh, the manager was making chiching a lot of money. And he knew the crowd was coming to listen to us. We were tight for a while. We were, I mean, let me say, we were tight. We played classic rock. We played all kinds of music. We even played some, I mean, we'd go from Metallica, ACDC, to some Steve Miller, you know, Led Zeppelin, you name it, we played it. And uh, we had such a powerful sound with our instruments because we had invested in our instruments that uh, we just rocked the house and we were tight. We had the rhythm. I knew rhythm. I was not a good drummer, but I had rhythm. Uh, the bassist was amazing. The guitarist was amazing. And our singer could sing. Uh, again, we were not the best. We were not star material. And some of us in the band were capable of going places, some of us not, but we were in it together for the friendship of it. It was not like, let's cut each other's throat, let's boot out some members and bring in others so we can make it big. It, that was not the scene. At that time, at that age, we had already, that train had come and gone. So we were just wanting to have fun with it, and we did. And uh, we did so to forget about life, because what is life? What is reality? Well, in the world, it's divorce. It's paying child support. It's violence. It's addiction. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's employment one day, and it's unemployment the next. It's everything. It's reality. And we wanted an escape from reality. Where else but the best place for the world's from the world's perspective than at the bar. At the bar and getting drunk, getting stoned, listening to music, dancing, and just letting it all go 
getting loose. I want to forget about life for a while. I want to forget about my problems for a while. Problem is, they'll be there tomorrow. They're not getting fixed. They're getting worse. You're hiding from them. You're hiding from them. And I know, I, I, again, I've, I've lived that life. So it's a pretty good crowd for Saturday, and the manager gives me a smile. Oh, boys, cha-ching, making money here. Because he knows that it's me they've come, been coming to see to forget about life for a while. And the piano sounds like a carnival. And the microphone smells like a beer. And they sit at the bar and put bread in my jar and say, Man, what are you doing here? That Just like that. Just like that. True story. <laughs> the music sounds like a carnival. It's such an heightened excitement. It's an oasis. It's a bliss. It's, a, it's, an, it's, it's not one that lasts, but the pleasure of the sin is just, well, that's why people die in it. That's why people die within the sin. That's why some never leave that moment. So that old man at the bar making love to his tonic and gin, he's remembering the days. He's remembering that time, and he can't let it go. He won't let it go. It was too pleasurable. The dopamines were just exploding. And of course, the man, what are you doing here? He's too talented to be there. Billy should be uh, playing at stadiums and coliseums. And he should be an international star. And guess what? He did become one. <laughs> Amazing how he was able to prophesy in his lyric as one who was a struggling musician to being one of the most well-respected known artists out there, his name in the Hall of Fame. I've experienced that. I've had people tell me that. Like, dude, what are you doing here, man? You, you really have something special, man. You got to write songs. You got to get out of this place. You got to do something. But I was like, man, I'm just trapped here. I'm trapped in my people, my family, my folks, my street. I can't go anywhere. I'm trapped. Uh, I've seen an individual once, and we'd always throw a party. I mean, it was. I mean, we were musicians. So one weekend it's a party over at Buddy's house. The next weekend it's at mine. We rocked the place. We'd have hundreds and hundreds. We'd shut the street down, but it was my street, and the cops knew it, and they left us alone. We'd we'd we we we'd do that, man. We'd bring the band and just party up. We had it at my uncle's. We'd have it at some of the buddies. We'd have it at my house, man. We just. Play music all night, dance, boogie, get high. And uh, some there was this one time, this this individual who was not within the fold. He was not an individual I knew, but he was a friend of a friend. And if you vouch for a friend of a friend coming to a party, well, then we'll respect that individual. And when this guy said, can I have a guitar and a mic? Can I play something for you all? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. We're all about, you know, there's a lot of musicians here. Everybody, you know, and as musicians, you know, you want that moment behind the, the, the spotlight. You want to have the opportunity to share your talent and to share with the people what you've written, what you've played, what you can do. Uh, and uh, this cat, man, he played, he went behind the mic and took the guitar and everybody's talking, everybody's drinking. And when he started singing and playing, let me tell you something, things got quiet. And uh, he played and he sang and dude, I, I still remember getting teary eyed and having goosebumps. It's like one of those things, you know, when you watch those talent shows, which I can't stand, 
like these idol shows, whatever it is, you know, America's Got Talent or American Idol or whatever. And uh, one of them goes behind it and you, you know, you know, this person's going to make it like, you know, this person is the real deal. He's got it. He's got it. He's been working hard at his craft and he's got that. He, he's going to make it. Uh, well, lo and behold, after the part, you know, after he played, everybody's clapping, everybody's cheering, everybody's like dumbfounded. I go up to him immediately and I'm like, dude, man, what are you doing here? Like, we're all a bunch of lowlifes here, man. You're, you, you found yourself in like the deepest pit out here in the hick country with hundreds of individuals who aren't going to amount to anything in life, but maybe maybe making some shine in the in the woods, selling drugs. Most of us are pot farmers, working at the factory, truck drivers. We're just going to be what we are, man. Like, what are you doing here, man? Like, you belong in a coliseum. You belong, like, you, 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 need, a, you need a contract. And he was a very humble guy. He's just, oh, dude, thank you so much, man, for saying that, you know. Never saw him again after that night. Never heard of him again either. Although I would size him up. Like I would I would say if, if you were to ask me who he would be, he'd be John Mayer. He'd be John Mayer. You don't know who John Mayer is? Start to Google. John Mayer is a one. He's a talent, man. He, he He's a talent. So that's where I put him. So this is what they're telling to Billy Joel. And yeah, he did become that. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. We're all in the mood for a melody, and you've got us feeling all right. And that concludes this session. This Tuesday's Analyzing the Lyric, looking at Billy Joel's Piano Man song. Um, very good song. A lot of stuff going on there, very real. Now, for us Christians, of course... We don't go to the bars and we don't drink alcohol and we don't participate in locations that facilitate sinful activity and stuff like that. We have a, a greater hope. The bar scene has no hope. Uh, the, 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 the waking up and um, hangover and everything, um, divorces is divorce and... and, and just a lot of pain there, man. A lot of chaos, a lot of fights. Um, Christians don't mess around with that. Do I miss it? Well, yeah, there's something in me that misses it. But not enough for me to lose my soul and go back to it. Um, not everything was bad. There's some pleasurable moments and some memories that were made. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like my we our wedding. We say, I wish we could have been Christians. And that indeed, if we would have, we would that would have been the right way. But we're not going to deny and neglect and reject our marriage just because we were heathens when we got married. Um, there's memories there. There's friendships. Uh, there were there were things taking place uh, that will never leave our minds. We're scarred by it. I got scars on my mind. That's scars on my flesh. And uh, but Christianity helps to renew your thoughts. It helps to heal you, and uh, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing, and, and uh, there's hope. The hope of the bar scene it lasts only a few minutes, and it's gone. But the hope we have in Christ is real, and it lasts forever, and uh, it teaches us a better way of life. And I feel sad for a great many who are trapped still at that bar stool, making love to their tonic and gin, talking about the days of yesterday in a song that would bring them back. I know what that feels like. I know what it is. 
I've struggled for 10 years now, <clears throat> and I'll probably struggle for another 10 if God allows it. God allows me to live that long. Uh, memories, you know, they stay with you, man. They're, they're, it's a difficult one, you know. You want to go back to that. But again, you pick up the scriptures, you surround yourself with faithful brethren, and you look for the future in Christ, doing the work. And uh, that's what motivates my heart, ultimately. The devil always tries to break that, tries to discourage things. He causes all kinds of mess, but we stay focused and positive, humble, sincere, genuine, transparent, and uh, we stay away from that scene. That okay? Hey, listen, if you appreciate this kind of content, please consider supporting it. We have a financial goal. We got to reach each month to pay the bills, pay the rent, eat food, and um, we've lost support. And so we're, we really need to pick her up a bit more so. And you can do that. You can help out. Uh, that keeps the Added Souls ministry going, this content being created. This is me building tents. Uh, um, I love doing this. And I'll still do it without receiving a dime. But it sure is expedient when you can eat food. <laughs> so consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can sign up there for free. And from there, you can uh, choose to support. No amount is too small. No amount is too big. And it goes towards, of course, ultimately the, the gospel and the mission and making sure folks can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so uh, I appreciate if you do that. Look at the show notes. There's other options there as well. Good stuff. We go live Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. On Mondays, I share the sermon I preached on Sunday. On Tuesday, we analyze the lyric. On Wednesday, we have ourselves a Bible study. On Thursdays, it's topical discussion. And on Friday, sociopolitical discussion. Subscribe, follow, like, share, comment, all that stuff. Stay focused, stay positive. Lord willing, tomorrow morning. God bless.